Here lies the nation's most extensive and untouched wetland resource. These wetlands provide the habitat that 13 million waterfowl depend on for their very survival. <laughs> My name is Edwin. Um, and you're listening to episode 17 of Dungeons <laughs> Dining <laughs> and Dorks. What was that? What was that? It was just something I did this afternoon <laughs> that I put together. It was you guys during like a post show on episode two. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> was it the zoo one? That was. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the giraffes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, as you can tell, Edwin is back. Yay, Edwin! I'm welcome back. home! Yes. I am back from a really long trip. Uh, <laughs> thank you for gracing, gracing us with your presence again and your talented technological skills. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't checked, I believe that was episode two. If you don't know what the... What we were talking about, you might want to check that episode out. Yeah, uh, I do remember we had a grand time afterward. <laughs> okay, so anyway, anyway, welcome back. I did listen to all of that, by the way, because I had to, I had to edit it and release it. It was late because I didn't get back into town officially till Saturday morning. Uh, it it was Friday. technically Friday night, yeah. but that was night, and you needed to go to sleep. So exactly. yeah, Saturday morning you finally were around to do stuff. Doing something quasi. Yeah. So so, <laughs> so Sunday I did edit that and I did post it. So if you haven't catched it, go caught it. If you haven't caught it yet, episode sixteen on the feed. Go ahead and listen to a stream it, or you can download, do whatever. So we're we're all Englishing really good today. Yes, <laughs> I have an excuse because I've been speaking Visaya for like the past. That week and does a half. not excuse. It, it's an you. excuse. No yes. way. An excuse, a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's get into this. Um, so yeah, we're on episode seventeen. Yay! Uh, and check. <laughs> For those that have been followers for us, we just want to extend a big thank you. We are we are so happy you're still around. And for those who are new to our listenership, we are happy that you have joined us, and we yeah. hope that you stick around. And we have new we have new listeners because yes, I was halfway across the world, and and uh, <laughs> I did mention a thing or two about what I was doing here in the U.S. with with producing a podcast and attempting to run a a media studio <laughs> and um we have some new listeners out there mabuhay mabuhay salamat kay pag salamat kayo pag mina akong uh podcast salamat po anyway um so yeah uh I've been on. I've been running around on the Twitterverse a bit, and as she does. Oh, as as I do these days, 
And there was something that happened with the official um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, material. They were putting out some new Unearthed Arcana. The Unearthed Arcana is the uh, playtest material that it's not official yet. It's out there for people to try out and uh, give feedback on before before Wizards makes it official. I do recall Jeff really, really wanted to use Unearthed Arcana when I was the DM. Yeah. Mainly because Rangers pretty much stink. Yeah. <laughs> so. so. Yeah. But um, with the Unearthed Arcana, they released one, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if if something didn't actually go through the approval stages before it got posted or if someone jumped the gun or if or if they just didn't think it through but they uh released a bit of unearthed arcana a new domain for the clerics and it had people up in arms they called the they called it the domain of love <laughs> okay the, the or the domain the love domain for the clerics but here's the problem a lot of the domain specialties were basically controlling and and charming and is like oh dude this is not okay oh so it went did it go like they, rated r or something not no they didn't go that way it's more it's it was more along the lines of um controlling jerk significant other kind of stuff ah, okay so it's like oh that is not okay <laughs> so th that was very very quickly pulled taken off the site yeah it, it was very very quickly removed so i don't know if if wizards made an official statement about it or not but it's like oh that is not well okay. this was homebrew no, this was Unearthed Arcana. This, this was, was Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, this was like oh, okay. this was going to be playtest material, and people oh, were. I would imagine oh, Wizards of the Coast would have said something. Yeah, I, mean, I've, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I'm sure there was something that was said. I just haven't seen it, oh. but it got very quickly taken down. Uh. <laughs> like very, very quickly. So I don't know exactly what happened. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, but you know, people who play Dungeons and Dragons. And, and really enjoy it. They're always looking for more material, new material, like new things to add to their games. Oh, yeah. If, if, if you're the kind of geek who likes Dungeons & Dragons like myself, uh, and you're really itching to have something new, there's also outside resources. One of them that you can go to to get new materials is called the Dungeon Masters Guild, the DMs Guild. They put out material like all the time, and it's it's DMs homebrewing stuff, and they're writing it up in rules. They're testing it, they're making sure it's balanced, and they're putting it up on the Dungeon Masters Guild for sale, so you can get little bits of extra things to add to your games for a very low cost. Like instead of having to buy a whole book for like sixty dollars, you can be like. I want this rule set, and it's just like $2. yeah. I think I think there. Are, I think that is the main go-to for like those extensive. Like if you don't, if you don't, if you want to know what to give your uh, players, like loot, like loot is an issue. I see a lot of like uh, stuff on Facebook and uh, Instagram on 
Yeah. On you know, you roll a certain dice and then you that's the loot that they win. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of tables for that and right. it's it's fun stuff. But hey, Speaking of, you read a manga recently that has <laughs> related. Have you mean by recently as in today? Yes. Yeah. I did. So I was just going through a comic, a local comic store, and that sells manga. And this one's caught my eye. This one is called Delicious in Dungeon by Ryoko. Uh, Ryoko Koi. I... Sorry if I'm butchering that name. Is it originally but, Japanese? Oh, yeah. It's a Japanese manga. Okay. Yeah. So it, it reads right to left. Yes. <laughs> if you try to start if from you the left, know. you're starting from the end. It, you'll get yeah. confused. If you don't know what a manga is, and I, I, if, I'm sure our listeners do know what a manga is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this, the reason Just why... Just look I, it up if you don't know. The reason why this caught my eyes is because it deals with... Dungeons and Dragons, and basically cooking up your monsters. Because if you think about it, you're in a dungeon. You don't have any time to go out, grab something to eat, and then come back. So what this does is basically <laughs> you cook up the monsters that you kill or <laughs> or your, your food fodder to them. So it's either you so you eat, eat or, eat, or be, so be eaten. This is like this is like <laughs> the cooking thing. Well, it's if you, I mean, if you look at it, it's just you know any other. There's there's other you know uh, dungeons, ma- mangas out there, but this one I like because they actually tell you how to cook. The, it's like a oh cooking show in it. It's actually quite detailed. I just, I just, I just, I just picture like. A Boy Scouts of America field guide cookbook. <laughs> and and you know what? You know what? This reminds me of like like MMORPGs. You know how they have like crafting um, concepts in them? This kind of reminds me of it. And I really <laughs> liked cooking in those games for some odd reason. <laughs> maybe it's because maybe it's because I wish I could cook up all these delicious recipes. <laughs> So that's what you were doing when we were playing Aeon a long time ago. No, not this. Not this. <laughs> cooking. <laughs> cooking. Although gathering was very important at that time, okay? <laughs> I, I I gather obsessively when I play MMOs. Yeah. I, I'm obsessive with the crafting, so I get it. And I, and to be, to be very serious regarding Dungeons & Dragons, cooking does do give you boosts. Well, I I have a uh, I have a house rule for cooking, and there there are there are compendiums for cooking rules. Anyway, well, yeah, it's 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 up to the uh, it's up to, to the DM, yeah, of course. But I don't know. I I think if if you if you like reading manga and you like D and D and you like foods, I do recommend this. I only read the first manga. I don't know how many how many are in this series, but. I think it's worth a shot, and yeah, after I read it, I did feel hungry. So that's Dining in Dungeon by... Delicious in Dungeon. Oh, Delicious in Dungeon by Ryoko Kui. Yeah. Yeah, I really felt hungry after (laughs) I read that. I really felt like the appetite for bugbear or something. (laughs) Well, well, what's interesting is that in one one of the monsters, they actually delve into the anatomy of the monsters. Oh my gosh. That is... 
Awesome. It's a basilisk. And <laughs> the joy of cooking in Dungeons and Dragons. Filet. <laughs> um, How the filet? Hey, what are we? What are we do? What podcast is this? Huh? I know. Huh? It's just funny. And okay, since <laughs> we since like that, let's let's <laughs> let's follow that spectrum a little bit. Hey, Edwin. Yes. You've been eating some interesting foods. Yes, I have. Not in a dungeon, but. In another Elsewhere? country? Halfway across the world. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what one does when you're traveling halfway across the world. Okay. So pray but tell. What did you eat? Every Okay, so here's a little background. Whenever time, every time I travel outside the United States, even actually I should, I should preface that. If I travel outside of Minnesota, I do not go to fast food restaurants. Such as McDonald's, Burger King, um, what else is there? Taco Bell, anything like that, right? Anything that can get here in Minnesota. So Don't I know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had to go to the Philippines for a week and a half um, for a family. Uh, for family. And um, along with that... Um, I got to taste and relive foods that I've been missing for a long time, plus foods from the other places that I would have to stop at for connecting flights. Okay, let's let's Korea. Take, yeah, so and Japan. So let's take this in order. I hate. All right, <laughs> you traveled out. You had your first your first layover. Where was that layover? That layover was in Korea. All right. Okay, what did you eat? Because I want to know. I ate like, like, like a Samyang sort of ramen over there. So Korean it's ramen. A Korean ramen, and then something called robot, but robot. I think robot was something like that. But it's almost like a Japanese, oh no, Korean version of sushi. Mm. Right. Oh. But I don't think I think it was what they were calling the thing robot because I was looking it up that looking it up and it's not actually called robot it's something something else that I don't we, remember. We need to brush up on our Korean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I ate that. Okay. And then here's the thing: I tasted. I've never really tasted bulgogi. I didn't know what it was until now. But yeah, but it wasn't a Delta flight. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It wasn't a Delta flight. But how was it? It was good. I mean, I had no complaints. I know some people had complained, you know, they they pretty much complained about, you know, like airline food. I don't because, number one, you know, it's something that you do in a 13-hour flight. It's almost like entertainment (laughs) at that point when you get it. So I did taste that. Um, I'm sure it's, it would be better if I went to an actual Korean restaurant for bulgogi. Of course, naturally. Um, yeah. Um, when I went okay. to the Philippines, right? All right. Favorite favorite food you got off, you had when you got off the plane? Off the plane from where? Go when you when you landed in Manila. Oh, I landed in uh, Cebu. Okay. First so of did, all, did you yeah. eat something in Cebu? Oh heck yeah! Okay, what did you eat? What did you eat in Cebu? <laughs> I ate um, ensamida. 
What's that? And and Samida and I put this on the list on the one on our one of our in our food adventure yeah. list. And we're gonna have to make it because I've never had. Every time I go back to the Philippines, I always get this thing. It's ensamida. It's like a sweet roll, but inside of it, you can have like different fillings. You can have mango, you can have like pineapple, you can have ubi, which is like like a purple yam. Yeah. For those who don't know, which is really really good. Mm. You can have red bean. Okay. I had the ube one because that's I think that's the best one. Okay. And they fill it with ube, and then they put like like cheese on top of it. Interesting. So is it, yeah. Is it more of like a burrito or no, a spring roll? It's like a it's like a spring roll okay. that's stuffed with cheese on top of it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it's one of the first things I usually get in if I'm at an airport because. Surely enough, if you go to an airport there, they're going to have some kind of like like a stand that serves up like pastries of some sorts. Okay. Right? Okay. So, did you eat anything else there that was super interesting or just... Ate that, got on the next plane, and got to Davao, which I, where I went. Okay. And that's when anything that pretty much had to do with dining at a restaurant sort of stopped because when you travel to the Philippines as at least when you travel with me you know you're gonna meet family and it's like that's the saying goes with uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what's that place called the um, ah I can't remember anymore the uh, the Italian restaurant that's a chain Olive Garden Olive Garden it's like the Olive Garden saying when you hear your family and yeah. everybody is going to feed you or going to attempt to feed you or going to bring something. So, <laughs> and I grabbed the things I always missed. Um, the times when I went to the Philippines, I got balut. Which is duck egg. <laughs> Not the, fertilized, by the way. Yeah, the, it's got the baby duck got inside. The duck. Fetal, fetal duck egg. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay, move yes. on. <laughs> that I got a ton of fish. Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> Six wasted Sunday fish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's let's get let's get the highlights though. What 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 was was there anything that you had that was like your first time having it there? Um. No. No. Not really. So it's just not all, this time around. Not so it's really, just not this all time you around. lived of. You just relived all your favorites. Oh yeah. Okay, so what was there was, there was one. Um, what was that? There was. I mean, anything that I ate there was just good. Like I, I already miss it already. I mean, I have a taste for. I mean, I have a taste for like like bandesal right now in my mouth. <laughs> like I really want one right now. <laughs> Edwin. <laughs> Um, I did go to a restaurant there. Okay. It was my second to the last day. Actually, I, I went to two restaurants there, second to the last day. Um, we went to this place that my cousins, um, introduced me to a couple of years back when I went back, when the last time I went back. It's this place called Nanai Bibings. And if you're ever at Dava, please, please, you have to try this. 
Um, there's only, I think there's only one of them in the Philippines that's in Davao City, in the Torres area. And it's like Filipino buffet. They have the best kare kare there. They have the best dinagoan there. They have the best, like, just spread. And I always want, I, I always try to get there at least once every time I go there. And they they have like it's it's a buffet too and it's cheap i paid like i paid like four bucks for nice. this buffet nice <laughs> so um other things that i tried over there was um when i was in japan i tasted real ramen how was that um, I'm trying to find like an equivalence here now. Is, is there an equivalent that's that like compare it to what you are used to here? I'd probably say Kwang's. Kwang's? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is Kwang's restaurant Vietnamese? over in Minneapolis. Isn't that Vietnamese? Yeah, but they do ramen, like oh, they do real ramen. broth ramen. Okay. And that's probably, I'd have to taste Kwang's again, but the one that I had over in Japan was. So it's exactly. it's kind of like. It's kind of like what our old favorite ramen place used to be. What was our old famous ramen place? The place which shall not be mentioned because they changed the management and changed the menu. Oh, I don't remember. Inside the grocery store. Oh! Oh, oh yeah. That. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, now I remember. Even yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm still grumpy about that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that no, it actually doesn't compare yet. Oh, so so this is even better than that? Yeah. It awesome. really is. Um yeah, I mean we I ate so much food there that that oh my gosh, I just want to go and try try to find it here now. It's or sad. try to make it. <laughs> try to make it, right? Just... But it's not healthy <laughs> except for maybe the fish. But then you got rice to go on top of it, which is not ex exactly healthy, so. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta weigh out your options. Yeah. Well, hey, let's, let's, um, let's go on to the next section, because, uh, you got really excited about something else in your travels, and yes. let's, so let's, let's go to Shut Up and Listen. That is the purpose of this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. Okay, so while I was in Davao, it was my last night in Davao, and my brother decided that, hey, um... My brother, my sister-in-law wanted my brother and I to go try out this hotel okay, in Davao. Okay, like, so she had heard because, of it? Yeah, because she's she's going back to she's going back to the Philippines sometime in October, and she's sort of like making us as sort of the guinea pigs of like trying to see where they she should stay and that sort of thing. So she got us a room over one of the most swankiest hotels I've ever been to. And oh my gosh, I've never been so, like, out of place. <laughs> so, so what's this hotel called? This is called it's called Duset, the Duset Hotel in Davao, and it's a brand new hotel okay. near the airport. And we're talking about like, like 
like reflecting pools and infinite pools and like like your your the chaise lounges are in the pool and you're just thing it looks like something that it's so instagrammable like he, if you were there like i'm sure yeah. and you and i video chatted while you were at the hotel and yeah. yeah that looked really swanky so there's a balcony that overlooks the poolside and they also have a a private beach somewhere that you can like go to in you know in davao and they also have a they also have a resort that's on the other side of the island that you can go to it's and the food there the restaurant that's the second restaurant i went to talking about the biggest buffet i've ever seen they had like four or five different classifications of buffets wow over there like they had like the international buffet. They had the Filipino buffet. They had the American buffet. They oh, had the Chinese. Like, it was just like, the and then that doesn't even include like like the central bar of the place, and the um, and the the dessert like spread that was in the back of the wall. Okay, I I do kind of find it funny <laughs> that there was a completely separate American buffet. Yeah. I find and that it was funny. like eggs. You can get like fried eggs or poached eggs, and you can get like bacon and French fries. And yeah, and then like it's wow. Yeah, you get like potatoes. pancakes. So this oh, this was a breakfast buffet. It was a breakfast buffet. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you know, naturally, I went to the Filipino buffet okay. because naturally, naturally. Right? <laughs> But yeah, like the shower had like one of those like really strong like rainfall showers with like multiple jets. Did, that's like marble everywhere. Did did you take pictures of this? I took a I took a video of it. So Interesting. Did, did you did you save video of <laughs> yes, it? Yes, I did save video of it. Okay. Somewhere. It's so swanky. Like I felt like I was completely out of place <laughs> in that place and. Don't even think about like picking up your bags. Wow! Because once you enter in, and so it's such a night and day difference. Because when you're out of the hotel, you're like back in Davao City, like the 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 mugginess, the smells, and everything. And then when you go into the the, the aura of this hotel, it's it's a whole different world. Like you went back into like the United States. So you would not smell durian in there. No. And when I got into the hotel, uh-huh. two gals with a with a tray just came up to me and was like, "Would you like a refreshing beverage?" And it was like this, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you, hey, have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Would it? Would you say that that hotel? would compare to would yes. like like fit in yes. to yes. that. Yes. Yes. It, yes it would. Okay. Yes it wow. would. Yes it would. So, There's always a person carrying your bags. There's always a person that'll take your bags up to your th- up to your room and down to your room. There's a person that will you you ring the bell and you don't ring the bell. You ring the freaking TV. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And you can order anything. And then there's like the whole like half of the uh, like the wet bar in the in the hotel room is it's pretty. Wow. Huh. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, if if you're traveling to the Philippines for whatever reason and you end up in yeah. Davao, Edwin highly recommends. Go do yourself a favor. Skip the Marco Polo. Skip the other ones. Maybe don't skip the Pearl Farm, but go stay at the Doucette. 
trust me, it's it is it is one of those places where you can't believe how much you spent for so much luxury. The room night, one night, was a hundred dollars. That's that's a. That's a pretty low rate hotel here. Low. Compared, well, yeah, compared yeah. to you know all of that stuff for just that yeah, price. Yeah, I spent more money on a Super Eight motel here. <laughs> I think I was there for that. Yeah. So yeah, do yourself a favor if you go to Davao or any of the Doucette, the, the Doucette yeah, properties, go stay there. You'll. I mean, it just makes us the world of difference. Yeah, it, apparently it's not just in the Philippines. It's. Some maybe here in the U.S. Right? Could be. I'm, the maybe. only one I know is that it's it's a Thai-based uh, resort mm. uh, company. So. So yeah. Look it up. Look it up. Okay, so um, let's jump tracks completely, and uh, let me tell you a thing. Is that really a thing? Hey, what do you mean by that, crack? All right, Pam, you figured out our question. Would you like to ask it, or should I? What's the question again? <laughs> where, where is that fine line? Okay. <laughs> well, we were just talking about movies. Your Honor, she's leading the quiet, leading the witness. <laughs> I, I, I am not. I am not leading the witness. I am going to goad the witness. She's, Thank you very okay. much. <laughs> we were just talking about movies just earlier, and. I just want to know the fine line between what makes a cult classic and what makes just plain old terrible movie. Okay. So I think to start off, let's define cult classic. Edwin, you had a good definition earlier. Yeah, a cult classic is, to me, a cult classic is like a following of a movie. It doesn't have to be good, doesn't have to be bad, but it just needs to have like a cultural following. Okay. Hence, cult. So, can, so <laughs> like, can you give me examples of, in your opinion, what a cult classic is? The standard, you know, the standard one I, I always think of in terms of cult classics is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Rocky Horror Picture Show, if, I mean, when you watch it for the first time, it doesn't make sense. It's terrible. It's people in, in, in drag that makes you sort of uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> you know, and the way that they, you know, the way they're, they're like the provocateur of, the, of, of their act. Right. But the thing is, it became a cult classic. Not because it was good or bad, because it was fun. It tapped into a culture that hasn't really been tapped before. And what is that culture? It's drag GLBT communities. L L G LGBT communities. Plus. <laughs> Plus, yeah. Okay. It's changed over my lifetime. <laughs> Um, and it tapped to that. So when you go see a Rocky Horror Picture Show, you're not really just watching a movie anymore. You're watching a whole culture singing the songs that's in that movie. Yeah, I agree. The songs dancing the the you know dancing the the acts on there. You know, like if you ever seen like you know when I was in college, right? I actually got to witness one of these things. That was in, I want to say it was in the like penumbra or something like that, where 
Yeah, the movie was playing. But then there was people on stage. Right. I, I think another movie that can be considered a cult classic is The Princess Bride. Yeah. And that one... It's it's campy, but it's campy on purpose. Right. Yeah. And it, Although, didn't it... How well did it perform when it was released? Do you, I, does I, anyone know? I'm not sure. I just know, like, it's... It's become firmly ingrained in in American culture now, and it's yeah, it's it's got like it. I think basically, to me, cult classics is like it basically has almost cult following, <laughs> like right. people who are absolutely dedicated to it, like like yeah. like the Princess Bride. It's like you watch it once if you watch it once and you like it you are going to watch it again and again and again and again and again right if like if you watch if you enjoy rocky horror picture show like edwin was talking about it's one of those movies like you're going to watch it again and again and again and again or perhaps um another one is like back to the future i guess could be considered a cult classic because if if you if you particularly enjoy it, you're going to watch it again and again and again. Right. right. I always think of like, like, um, movies like Night of the Living Dead became a cult classic. Um, yeah, like Back to the Future sort of became, it's anything that like taps into a culture, yeah. you know, that, that doesn't mind getting together with, a, with, other people to watch a movie and amazingly enough when they're watching it right what are they doing they know what's going to come they know the line sometimes they're reciting lines along with the movie yeah and another thing with the cult classics is like to me i think they have like staying power or it's like you know some films you know it's a fun watch you'll watch it again and again yeah. but then after a while it just kind of drops off and then you don't ever hear about it again yeah. And you're like, oh, what's this movie on my shelf? Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. Could you, okay, could you say that a cult classic deals with timing? What do you mean? Well, well, in your example, you, you mentioned how Rocky Horror brought to light the drag, the drag queen uh, subculture when it wasn't really that apparent back then Mm -hmm. as compared to now everyone is kind of exposed to it more so Mm -hmm. than they were in the past yeah but they'll always recognize that movie as sort of one of theirs you know it's the same thing there was another one that's sort of like in that genre where um gosh queen of the desert oh my gosh it's slipping out of my mind um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. If you ever seen that? No, I haven't. It's along those lines of like, of that same culture, right? It's the same sort of like, um, you know, of of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they sort of own, you know, the culture sort of owns that that movie. It's like that, you know. It's the same way that we own like. It's the same thing that we own, like, you know, like, if we're, like, huge fans of, like, Star Wars and stuff like that, and, you know, like, in the classics of Star Wars, you know, what do we do? We own 
four, five, and six. Do we necessarily own, was that seven, eight, and nine right now? Or one, two, and three. Or one, two, and three. You know, it's like that. Four, five, and six could probably say that that's probably going to be a cult classic because we sort of grew up with it. It became our part of our subculture as nerds, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But we haven't said that for seven, eight, and nine because they're way too new. Right. Yeah. Right? It, it, and we criticize seven, eight, nine as we criticize the Phantom Menace. You know. Yeah. So. So we'll, it'll it'll take time to see if if seven, eight, nine be, join the cult yeah. classic. It needs that timing. Is, it has to so be timing a classic. Is, is a issue yeah. with yeah. cult classic. So I guess there is no way of saying that any movie, like it could start out bad or whatever bad again is again subjective yeah now here's here's i think what where the fine line is like cult classic films are movies that are fun to watch in one way or another and they they just kind of grab you and they're in a in a way on the verge of addictive Mm mm-hmm Whereas a bad film, you watch it and you just cringe and you're like... Nobody owns bad films. Yeah. Like no culture owns a bad film. Yeah. And there's there's films out there, they're bad films, but they basically become memes in their own right. Yeah. Which kind of forces them at least into temporary cult classics. Yeah. Which... <laughs> MST3K. I mean, when they watch bad movies, nobody knows what the heck they're watching because yeah. nobody's ever seen it. They're like... B and C movies are absolutely horrible, but sometimes when they watch movies, like I can imagine, like Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, gosh. right, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Nobody knew what Plan Nine from Outer Space was until MS three, MST three K, and then when they saw it, and people was like, then they started to become like a an internet thing. Yeah, you know. So is that is that the distinguishing uh, uh, thing? If if the movie was featured in MST three K. It's probably it's, a bad movie. It is, it's a cat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, MST3K sort of became a catalyst to really, really bad movies that when those bad movies started getting shown and MST3K became such a big thing, right? Because what did they do? They made fun of these movies. Right. It sort of became... Those, those horrible movies sort of became sort of like temporary, like, you know you know, cult classics, but they never really stuck because nobody really owns them. Nobody goes, you know, like, you know, can you name like, like an obscure, you know, like a, like a Bella Lugosi movie right now, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So like, you know, there's, there's some movies out there, like there's, it's still too new to tell. And, you know, some movies I can't say whether they're good or bad and, but um, like, there's movies out there that they're supposed they try really hard to make a good movie, but they just flop. Yeah. And if it's destined to be a cult classic, someone eventually will pick it up and be like, "Guys, guys, this is great. Why did we never see this?" And they will want to share it with their friends for one reason or another. Would you? But, oh, sorry. But um, if it's just a bad movie, yeah. it it'll be just kind of one of those movies where it, it's like. You cringe. You leave the theater and like, why did I waste this time? I will never have this right. time back. 
I, there was this one disaster movie that Edwin and I watched with my dad a while back. And we, I think we got about, we watched it with the intention of making fun of making it. Making fun of it. <laughs> and it's like, we, we made fun of the whole thing. And when we were done, we were like, let us never speak of this movie again. Yeah. It was that bad. Was, like, it, I have a, I have a feeling like, like, like current movies, right? In the past decade, right? Like, I can think of several movies right now that could probably end up being called classic because right now they have somewhat of a following, mm-hmm. right? It's a small following, but it gets bigger. And yeah, there were terrible movies, but, you know, as long as they have that, that, that following that, because it tapped to that culture, it's going to be the same way as like, or, you know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show or, or, you know, Back to the Future or what's that one with a eating plant? Oh, are you oh. talking Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, That was a yeah. cult classic. That was awesome. <laughs> so it is possible to be both. It is possible to be both. Some yeah. some films that make it to cl- cult classic, they are genuinely bad movies, and people watch it's, it because it's it's so bad. It's funny. It's like a train wreck. It's, you it's can't like a train. Stop yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah, and it's, well, Back to the Future wasn't a train wreck. That was no, a no, good no, movie. No, no, but it doesn't have to be a bad movie in order for a cult no, classic. No, correct, right? But yeah. there there are movies out there that that fall into both they're categories. So, they're yeah. so bad. They're good. It's like you you watch them simply to laugh at how bad the film is. Yeah. And you share it with your friends because you enjoy laughing at the film. I think I think that is me with little little shop of horrors. It wasn't exactly the greatest movie, but I liked it because of the songs. Yeah. And just the silliness. If people sing it. those songs, they still sing those songs. Yeah. So but Yeah, but the the movie that you watch it and you just cringe and say, let us never speak of this again. That's that's just terrible. That's just a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's there's movies out there that, you know, they get multiple multiple um, sequels. And it's like, why did they keep making the sequels? It's like, there was something about the first one. And they're just trying to grab hold of it and keep it. Like, all right, I can't judge whether Sharknado is a good movie or a bad movie because I've, I've never, never seen, seen it. it. Yeah, I've never seen it. And we may end up it. having to s- sit through it just for the sake of saying, yes, this is a good movie or no, this is not a good movie. But at this point, I think it it may become a temporary cult classic simply because yeah. it's a ridiculous premise. Probably. But we'll we'll see where that goes. We should probably we should probably move on. We've been stuck on the movies for a while. Tell us what you think. What's your favorite cult classic? What uh, what do you think qualifies as a cult classic? What's your favorite cult yeah. classic? What what's a cult classic that you think is just a bad movie or you know anything like that? Yeah. An unpopular uh, opinion. <laughs> yeah, tell us your unpopular opinion. We promise to keep you anonymous. Exactly. Mostly. Yeah, email uh, us at dungeondiners at gmail.com. Dungeondiners at gmail.com. All right, so let's let's move on. Uh, we had some fun with food. But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common. 
and that is the serving of food. It's still fresh, but I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. Okay. So, so before I left for the Philippines, we played a little Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And are we going to do the barbecue one first? Um, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll start. Yeah, there. we'll start with the barbecue one. So we tasted something that I guess you could say it was a. Uh, it was new to a us. A preface to my trip. I guess you could say it, but it came from here in uh, in the United States. So this actually comes on behalf of Pam, which she found with Jeff at a grocery store. At a grocery store. So let's play it. Hey everybody, um, we're trying something new that we haven't tried before. Pam, what do you have for us? Jeff and I were out doing a grocery shopping and we found these Kettle Brand Korean barbecue potato chips. I believe this is new. I've never seen this Korean before. barbecue. Yeah, it's Korean barbecue. Korean mm. barbecue flavor. Potato chips, that sounds interesting. No, normally you get regular barbecue chips and and places. But this is Korean. Okay, let's oh. open this up. Oh, yeah. That... <laughs> she sniffs it. Well, is that it... does smell Korean. That does definitely smell Korean. What is do you it, think, Kevin? Is it safe? <laughs> What's with the face? Why did you open it that way? Yeah, why did you open it this I way? don't know. Well, it had a Terry thing, and I just followed. Shush! <laughs> it's, it's been a long evening of messing with their heads in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we're Up taking a... down and down is left. We're taking <laughs> we're taking a break from Angela's DMing, and... We're, we're doing a little one-shot. All right, so we're going to take... Just for silliness sake. We're going to take two chips each. Is that is that enough? Two chips? I, okay. I, I think that'll be enough to get us some judgment here, Edwin. All right. Alright, three, one, two, three, two, one. Ow. <laughs> okay, first off, it's good. It tastes like barbecue chips. <clears throat> it doesn't taste like normal barbecue chips. No, There's, it's a slightly different barbecue flavor, yeah, it, but it's it, still... Yeah, it does have that smokiness from, from sweet. barbecue. No, but it's yeah, sweet. Yeah, it does do sweet. It. Sweet. It, it starts out sweet and then gets that smoky flavor. Yeah, that... I'm gonna, I'm gonna take I guess more. my problem is that I've never really had Korean barbecue for a while. Never had bulgogi? Not for a long time. Um, you know, it does have that essential barbecue to it, but it's it's definitely not American barbecue. No. Is Do we have? Oh. We had like real American barbecue because I can't really we tell have the difference. Barbecue sauce upstairs. Yeah, I know, but like, you need to taste barbecue sauce. The thing is, I I don't. I mean, I to me it tastes like barbecue chips because I don't really have anything against it. Like. No. I, the well, it is supposed to be a barbecue oh. weed, but I mm. think well, it gets a little bit spicier too. Well, what is the difference? Which we should probably state the obvious. What is the difference between American barbecue versus Korean barbecue? Korean barbecue is sweeter. Yeah. American usually. American barbecue has that hint of tomato to it. That you know, it's in in pota- in potato chips, it's really hard to detect it because well, it's it's hard to get. There is a distinct like, like, like. Mouth, um, like a flavor. There's a sick flavor in the back of your. Are you talking the umami thing? Yeah. There's something no, in the back. Which? Yeah, there's not much of like a like a tangy. 
was about to say, isn't American more tangy? Yeah. While yeah, Korean is more on the it's, sweeter. It's it's sweet, but it's got a bite. Yeah, the bite, I, I could the bite I could tell. In the I can yeah. They're non-GMO. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the chips themselves I like because oh. I like the crunch to it, but with the flavoring. Yeah, if you, it, if you can't stand strong flavors, may, I, I would not suggest this. Well, if you can't stand strong flavors, there's a lot in, in Asian cooking, especially Korean, you know, that's pretty strong flavors. I still have one in hand. Oh, I've got two in this hand, really, but, you know. Um, I mean, they're taste, they're, they are tasty. They're addictive like a potato chip. Yeah. Well, I like, well, I normally don't go for, for, um... Potato chips? For flavored potato chips. We also I, don't go for the kettle style potato well, chips Well, I typically just go for sour cream and onion. That's my go-to. I mean, other chips like Doritos, I typically don't eat those. But this one, I can see myself eating on a daily basis. That so, sounds dangerous, though. Don't do it. I don't know. Are they up there with your shrimp chips, too? Oh, shrimp chips. The shrimp chips are more subtle. Right, but I mean, you could eat those every day too. Mm. So I could. So are, are these up there with that? But, yes. Hold on. Are you talking about the ones that look like fries? Those or there's other shrimp chips. There are too, other shrimp chips, but there's shrimp yeah, chips. the fry ones are pretty good too. The 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 thing I do like about these uh, <laughs> so Korean barbecue ones is that like they've got that heat in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, it's, it's, it's like that. <laughs> I love spicy. <clears throat> well, this as long as heat. I don't breathe it. This has heat <laughs> in the back, yeah. Well, and like I said, the more you eat, the bigger it builds. So, mm-hmm. I just so that's like any the other. Spicy. You're not supposed to breathe the spicy, Angela. I know. No to the wise. Don't breathe in the spicy. You okay? Yeah, I just need to get some water. Here you go. That's Pam's water. She can have it. I. In the back. I'm, I'm gonna go get my own glass right. of water. Well, that's our rating for these yeah. Korean barbecue chips. We like them. It's like a little addictive. If I had these in, in my office, on my desk, I would probably next thing you know, it's all done. They are good. Kind of like right now. Big, right, it's almost gone. I'm sure. a very big fan of barbecue chips. I was anything. So. <laughs> and I kind of like the kettle style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're not as thin. They don't break apart like as easily. I like style. Yeah. All right, there All right. you have it. That's it. Kettle brand Korean barbecue potato chips. Okay. Grab some. They were quite quite, quite tasty, Great. and I do regret breathing the spicy. <laughs> As we crunch, 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 more crunch. Great. Now I want. <laughs> now I need to add that to my grocery list. Now add uh, Korean barbecue chips. So yeah, that was recorded before Edwin left, so we weren't able to add that in to the uh, last one. But uh, with the last one, we rolled our our dinner check, and we came. Or no, we didn't actually roll. We just we decided just chose. We just chose <laughs> because my brain was not working, so we just chose and we did some caramel puff corn um we made we what happened was that we made it only to realize that you could just easily buy this stuff <laughs> <laughs> whoops but 
But now we're gonna have a little taste test. We, we will, we have a little bit of the homemade stuff and we have a little bit of the store-bought stuff. I'll let you open the bag. And, and we will then determine which one is better, store-bought or homemade. Excuse me, as I... Crunchy crunch. Make noise. Make noise. Okay. That wasn't too bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. One for each hand. Keep which going. one's which? Uh, it's it's pretty easy to tell. Yeah. The, One's lighter than the other one. Yeah. Well, once you've got it in your hand, you'll be able to see what the difference is. Here's so the thing. We caramel puffcorn does not last long in this house. Of uh, any kind of caramel puffcorn. Okay. So here's here's the thing. We did record the entire making process. Um, I may have stood on a soapbox for a little bit, but that's okay. We'll probably cut that out and release the release the recording of that but it, it it was surprisingly easy there were some odd instructions so okay I can tell right now that the homemade it's got a use more more caramelized than yeah there's there's this a lot this is lighter than the store-bought yeah. lighter okay yeah so yeah it's it's like there is a definite shell on the homemade one. Yeah. Right. And and the store-bought ones, they maintain... It looks like they maintain their puff, puffiness. Yeah. Puff okay. Point. So let's try the store-bought one first. Okay. Here All you right. go. Three, two, one. It doesn't have that much flavor. I was about to say, it does... The puffcorn is more eminent than... Yeah, it's, it's got more puffcorn to it. It doesn't have that much flavor. It doesn't seem like it was mixed properly. Or uh, or not enough uh, caramel, caramel on it. Come on, does, Old Dutch. Minnesota uh, Company Old Dutch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it, it's... I think they were... I think for the store-bought one, they were more... High. Don't you eat that yet! <laughs> it doesn't last. Hold on, we need to finish right. our Popcorn routine. does not last in this house, right. I'm sorry. But it, it was absolutely crunchy through and through. That's that's one thing that it did have going for it. It, it was crunchy through and through, and it, I don't think it got too badly caught in my teeth. I don't know. <laughs> to, me, to me, I mean, there's, I don't think there's enough caramel on it. I understand yeah. that this is manufactured. Yeah, but, so it's, uh, all right. Let's eat the homemade one now. Yeah, the lifesaver probably. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. First yeah. complaint. I'm so glad I don't need to f f go to the dentist again. <laughs> Cause that. I get, I, you get more caramel, yes, but ugh. I don't like how, how it feels in my teeth. Like it's going to be stuck yeah, or whatever. But it's, it's definitely got more caramel on it. I'm, I've, I grabbed a little bit of each again, but it definitely has more caramel on it. You definitely get more caramel flavor. Um, there, there is, there's, considering the recipe and we know what's oh, in it. Whoops, that broke. Okay, sorry. You can you can definitely taste the butteriness of the caramel in in the homemade one. And 
I, I still maintain... Yes, Pam, I would love more because it's <laughs> popcorn, caramel popcorn. Thank I, you. No, there's... It's it's definitely sweeter. The, the inside is softer. So it's... The homemade or... The, the homemade. Okay. The inside is softer. So, I don't know. It It just... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but the inside, <laughs> the inside is softer. It's still crisp, but it's a softer crisp. Whereas the the store bought ones are crunchy through and through. There is there was the one complaint I had about the store bought or the homemade one when we were making it was I wish they had instructed to put a little bit of salt in the caramel. And it does taste like the store bought one has that that little bit of salt. Maybe it's a little too much on the salt side. But yeah, actually, they, they, they're they're very different. They're surprisingly different. They are. They are. Edwin, what are your thoughts on it? Do you it's, need some more? Yes, please. <laughs> I, I'm not actually. I don't know yet. I'm. I need to. Uh, I need to get another serving here. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. <laughs> see. Okay. So the. The old Dutch one has a better mouthfeel, but are you, are you it doesn't the store, have that much flavor. The store-bought one has the a better mouthfeel? Yeah. But you can... There's like these certain characteristics of homemade anything, right? And mm-hmm. one of them is like you can tell that there's more flavor in this because it's, you know, like we're not controlling. It must have exact amount of caramel in each side of the puffcorn, you know, what they would do in a factory. Mm-hmm. We're just putting this in a pan, or, or I don't know how you guys did it, but yeah, we put it in a roaster or whatever you can. You need a large. Uh, okay, large when, when we when you and I made the puff corn, we gave it our we gave it our roll. Um, I'm sticking with the roll that I gave it. I gave it a sixteen. 16. On the D twenty, and I think you gave it a D. I think you gave it I a got D eighteen. It, it's an eighteen. The only complaint that I had was I just didn't like the the sticky feeling you get in the back mm. of your teeth. But you get that way with anything caramel. It's not like milk can't handle. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> you sort of like need. Do, do you need like milk to to drink with this? I do realize that the old Dutch, the store bought ones. They come in the smaller size. Yep. While with the homemade ones, they're they're much bigger. Well, that's because. What did you use speak. for the puff? We used old Dutch brand. Just yeah, they're they're original ra- puff corn. original puff corn. Okay. Just original original puff corn, unflavored, just straight oh, okay. up puff corn. And speaking of store bought, this is only. I think the caramel is only sold in one size. I could be wrong, but. This one came in the 8.5 ounces. The original popcorn comes in a much larger bag. That makes sense. So that's Just probably the reason why it's there's the size difference too. Yeah. Personally, I like the homemade better. I also prefer the but homemade. If you came over to my house... With Starbucks caramel popcorn, I would definitely not I turn will it down. Definitely not turn it down. In fact, I'd welcome welcome you to my house and hey, let's go watch a movie while we eat caramel popcorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is both ways are definitely tasty, but I do like the homemade better. 
I, I agree. Yeah. And plus, it's the also the activity. You yeah. get to do something. You get to make something. This is something that's so easy that anyone can do it. You can have kids involved. Everything except. Yeah, there's there's a part the where they go into the oven and and but, the, you might want to be, you grown ups might want to take care of that part. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm sure you have a adult a company. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I I do see that if you know if you if you don't have the time the caramel popcorn is a good substitute. Oh yeah. It just doesn't beat that homemade feeling. Yeah. Am I right? I always prefer homemade I... because I know it it just has a different taste. But I I I still maintain I think that caramel needed a tiny bit of salt added yeah. to it. Just a tiny bit of salt, and I think it would have been just... How was it on. fresh? That's the thing, because I didn't have this fresh. The homemade um, ones? Yeah. It was very sticky and soft. Was yeah. it really? Yeah, you, we, it definitely had to wait so it was completely cooled. You don't want to eat it straight out of the pan after it gets finished. Like Even after, it, even after it's like cool to touch, you want to wait for it to, to... You want the caramel to harden a little bit, because if it's still soft, it just sticks to everything it in does. your mouth yeah which was very bad for me because i had a dentist appointment right after but <laughs> at least i got your teeth cleaned after <laughs> yeah um when i made this at home uh i used gloves because i just didn't like that that feeling of just the caramels being stuck to my hands so i used gloves did it help it actually did nice nice especially when when you touch like a very hot part, it's not fully uh, cooled down. Yeah, made me glad that I was wearing gloves. But yeah, that is our uh, our results. Homemade Sweet. versus store bought. Homemade wins. Okay. Sweet. Yes, ho- homemade definitely wins. And like I said, we'll try to get the recording minus my soapbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and there will be pictures. I had a lot of homework when I came home. (laughs) But but they were very entertaining homework, so it's not exactly homework. (laughs) It's entertaining. Okay, so we've got a few. We've got some of our recipes added to the list. Uh, So let's roll our dinner check. All right, here we go. Dang. 15. Let's see. What is that? It is... Kimchi tofu house in Minneapolis. You will be our next victim. I am like, <laughs> I'm getting like a lot of Korean food lately. So, <laughs> well, at that this rate, you can compare it. I know, right? I, I've never actually been to a Korean restaurant in the cities. There are a few. Yeah. I but, wanted to go to a Korean barbecue place, like the one where they would have like a thing in the middle, like a grill, and you have to like, cook oh, yeah, it yourself. Yeah, yeah. That'd, one that'd of those. Be, that'd be cool. I can't find one here. We need to move this popcorn out of the way because oh, I sweet. keep eating it. Okay, yeah, let's let's remove this because we need to move on to the show. And uh, Pam, you actually had a little bit of a story Just for a us. Hey, hey, Edwin, it's story time. It's story time. Sweet. Where is that button? Story I didn't time. move it. I promise I didn't There's move the it. There's button. Now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures. All right. So this story is a continuation of 
Uh, well, well, let's just say that it is Jeff's um, campaign. He is the DM, and it's me and his family are the players. So if you remember from our past episode, was it the last episode? Yeah, it was last episode. The last episode where there was an epic Oh fail. no, it was the episode before. Or, or the episode before where the enemies rolled an epic fail and ended up hitting themselves. Ah. Well today I have the polar opposite. I'm gonna give you short I and that's a that's a play on words. Short but ginormous a crit a crit uh, a critical hit. A critical hit. I this, love that show. <laughs> this <laughs> this centers on Gidget. Gidget is a gnome bard. She usually always gets a lot of flack. She is the shortest of the bunch. It's four foot something, even. The poor thing is always in, caught in between the two the two seven foot giants of the group, which is a half-orc barbarian and the dragonborn paladin. She doesn't like... She doesn't always like being in the back. She sometimes gets a little bit um, ambitious and tries to do some fighting. Oh, little one. That's not what a bard does. But... Yes, Angela. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just sitting here as a bard, just like... You don't, you don't, just... I'm, I'm staying out of this one. Yeah, you stay, stay out of this one. So poor Gidget, after being speared twice with javelins, she and her followers went into a dungeon. They were doing quite well with the, with the, um, the Dragonborn Paladin always leading. They fought orcs. okay okay they fought orcs they fought monsters and finally when they when they got each other through all the battles or what it seems like the end of the battles they came across an armory room this room had armor this had all the swords and pointy things that Gidget was just in awe. She, after fighting all the enemies in this room, she saw that there was a greatsword just calling her name. Gidget picked up the sword. Now mind you, she is only four feet. The greatsword is basically huge on her. She should not be lifting such a sword. She'll break her poor back. Oh, but the dice, the dice gods were kind to her. She picked up that great sword and rolled a nat 20. She held on to that sword for a good 30 seconds before toppling over because she wasn't proficient in great swords. 
All the players were in a joined each other in a joyous laughter. Oh, Gidget, we love you so much. <laughs> oh, that amuses me. Here, I'm just like, Bards like to get in fights. We like to get up in there. I, I you know, Gidget. <clears throat> Gidget forgets. Okay. Bards don't really have that many good fighting skills. There actually more should be hanging on the back. What do you want? It, de it depends on the bard. Not this bard. <laughs> <laughs> Not this bard. So you've got a bard who's a glass cannon. She, you know, it's, it's actually quite funny because before she entered the dungeon, she she bought herself uh, a rapier. Mm -hmm. And I think she also bought another another weapon too. And I, and in my mind, and I'm like, oh, little one, <laughs> please don't. You need to be put out, and then we need bardic inspiration more than any additional damage. But she's like, I want to help. And I'm like, oh, if it wasn't for your cute face, I would ignore you. But okay, fine, I'll give her a benefit of a doubt. And just the... And that whole, oh, I'm going to pick up the screen sword was purely a parody. <laughs> Which she, nat she rolled a natural one, and for like 30 seconds, she felt on top of the world. She was a fighter. She was like the barbarian. Before strong she, and powerful. Before the Leaning Tower pizza actually collapsed. Yeah. That is funny. This amuses me. <laughs> Thank you for providing us with a story. Oh yeah, I, I, and the and the players, the players themselves, they we, we were laughing. I believe it. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, um. Sorry, I'm just thinking about. I'm still thinking about that caramel popcorn. Okay, that's what I was. I was trying not do to we chew need, it. But... Do yes. We need to. Okay. Yes. Okay. Out of sight. Like, out of mind. I, I had I had a piece in my hand when I was like. Pam, we need to put this away before we keep eating it. And I realized I had one in my hand, and then I popped it in my mouth while you were telling the story, and that's what was going. That's on. what was going on. I was like, "What's I, going?" I was trying not to chew into the microphone. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, like, are you okay? Did a tooth break or something? No, I was chewing. Oh jeez. All um, right, let's move on to. Uh, yeah, let's. I'm gonna have to do some editing here. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's have ourselves a little bit of fun before we go. All right. So we have our next segment. Entertainment. Some entertainment. And here we go. Yeah. All right. Today's entertainment is we are going to pick Pam with Angela on naming the top 30 board games of all time uh, top 30 board games of all time um, According to According to Rave So now, You can go to ravereviews.org And the way that they we rank this That Rave ranks this is By nostalgia Play Right Okay Cult following Okay Okay It means communities And like message boards And all that stuff And education Okay, I do have a question. Yes. Uh, now, are we talking about the base game? We're talking about the base Just game. Just the base games, because I know that there are like other editions of 
you know, certain popular games, certain popular games, those aren't included. Yeah, on we're this, talking correct? about the we're talking about like like the game as in like if it's a base game or like expansions. Okay. We're just talking about like the game itself. Okay. So okay. how are we okay. doing this? So, um, do we need to roll to go? Roll boost? for initiative, please. Oh, DMD. <laughs> Well, I think Angela goes first. Hey, God. <laughs> uh, re-roll. Re-roll. That's a, that's a corner. See? Okay. Angela, Angela goes first. first. <laughs> okay. I thought this was worse. All right. I so rolled a Angela. Five. She rolled a 17. Angela goes first. So, Angela, okay. top 30 best board games of all time. Um, I'm going to start with Clue. Clue is correct. Clue came in. Clue came in seven. Seventh. Oh, wow. so for all Number your seven, scrolling, it, the rave score, <laughs> the rave score of Clue was eighty-five percent. Okay. Okay. Okay, I see that. Okay. Yeah. All right, Pam, your turn. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna Monopoly. Monopoly came at uh, number two. Oh, and two? His rave score came in at 91.25%. Okay, who okay. could beat Monopoly? Okay, um, Uno? Uno? Is it counting board game? Or is it counting card games as as part of it? No, it's not. Okay, oh, so no. choose another one. Okay, if I'm choosing another one, um, Checkers. Checkers? Yeah. Checkers did not come in. What? Wow. Checkers did not come in in the top 30. Okay. How about... Uh, does this mean I just lost? Yeah, you just lost. <laughs> Pam <laughs> wins. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, Maybe I could lose next. Okay. Is you have another guess? Is Scrabble on there? Scrabble came in at number one. Oh, that's oh, number one? Scrabble came in at number one. I even got a at ninety five percent. I even got a mulligan. <laughs> Can we just continue? Yeah, just, go ahead. Okay, uh, my next guess is going to be life. Life did come into this list, and I think it came in in the latter part of this list. It came in number twenty three. Sway there score is, is at fifty five. There is one board game that is very dear to my heart, and if it's not on the list, that list is kaput. What is it? Candyland. Candyland. Mm. Let's see if Candyland came in. Mm. Candyland it came in at number twenty-seven. Okay, it made a list. Okay. At forty-eight point okay. seventy-five percent. Okay, how about? Oh, I don't know if this they'll count this. How about Battleship? Battleship. Battleship <laughs> came at number eight. Eighty-two point five percent. Okay, now I'm curious. Is if chess isn't on this list, then if checkers isn't then, on the list, oh, checkers it, isn't on. Then chess shouldn't be on that list. Then no, it's not on this list. Okay, how about? Well, okay, I have a question. Sorry and Parcheesi are kind of the same concept, right? Uh, I have never actually played Parcheesi. I've never played Parcheesi either. Aren't they kind of like similar? I don't even know. Okay, fine. We'll just go with sorry. Okay, so sorry very came in to number 17 at 65%. Okay. 
Okay, here's another one. Guess who? Guess who? Yes. Did not come in the list. What? Okay. <laughs> what other board games are there? I, I take it Ticket to Ride is too new. It's too new. It's too new. Okay. Um. Uh. Oh. Uh, okay. Now I think I think we should just yell. Boggle. Ooh, Boggle did not come in the list. <gasps> no. Is that considered a board game? I guess not. How about, well, that's that's kind of a card game. We already established that, that Pam won. Yeah. <laughs> so Shoots we're just and going ladders. through. Shoots and Ladders did come in. Where's it on the list? Shoots and Ladders came in at number 21. I swear 57. there's more. 5. There should be more board games. Do you want that... me to just name this off to no, you guys? There's, no. Okay. There's, there's, <laughs> we're still guessing. There's more. <laughs> I trouble. Oh, I did all. I did. I already listed. Trouble, trouble? No. came in at number. Trouble came in at number twenty-five at fifty-one point twenty-five. Okay. okay. Um. 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 Oh. <laughs> we need to play more board games. Apparently. <laughs> um. Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit made it on the list. It was one of. Two trivia games that made it on the list. Uh, it was on there. Yeah, number ten at seventy-eight point seventy-five. How about um, is Mancala? Nope. No. Apparently the super- <laughs> the ancient the ancient board games did not make it on this list. Okay, I guess that means Go's not on the list. Go's not on the list. Chess is not on the list. Checkers is not on the list. Mancala's not on the list. I'm guessing Chinese checkers list. is not on there either. This is this is these are these are like modern, like 20th century board games at most. Um. Don't wake daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone- I can't believe you're, you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naming off board games from my childhood. Don't break the ice. There's that. Uh, there's. Oh. Um. Oh. Barrel of monkeys. No, it did not make it on the list. I think that's. It's not even a. Board it game. doesn't have a board anywhere in it. Uh. Oh. Mousetrap. 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 Oh. Mousetrap. Mousetrap did make it on the list. I'll find <laughs> it. I'm, I'm, I've run dry. I think, I think I just skipped the gameplay just to set up the mousetrap. Mousetrap is number 19 <laughs> and number at 60%. Okay, I, I, that's Hungry Hungry Hippos. I didn't like Mousetrap. Well, I, we only had Mousetrap because my cousin had Mousetrap. So we played my cousin's Mousetrap game. And sure enough, probably within... A week, we broke it. How about Hungry Hungry Hippos? <laughs> hungry Hungry Hippos did make it on the list. <laughs> nice. At number 18 at 63.75%. Okay, so, so what are the other games? Yeah, th- okay, so I'm going to list this off. Okay, we're going to start with number 30 since we're going to just count this off. Sure. Um, coming in at number 30. Oh, I'm going to scroll all the way up. Okay, there you go. All right. So, Pie Face. Oh, high face. Yeah, that's new. I've never Isn't heard it? of that game. Yeah, it, you it's just new. Basically, just put your thing and then. Yeah. That's a new number twenty-nine. Yeah. Cootie. Oh, oh, cootie. Okay, all right. Number twenty-eight. Pictionary. Oh. oh. 
Did that have a board? And then 20, yes. Yes, oh. it did have a board. 27 was Candyland. And 26 was Zingo. I don't know that. Uh, 25 is Trouble. And Double Trouble. Double Trouble. Right. And then 24 is Kerplunk. Oh, right. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, 23 came Life. Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22, Scategories. Oh, I love that game. Okay. I was wondering why you never... <laughs> I know. It's like, it completely escaped my brain. 21 was Shoots and Ladders. Okay. 20 is Cranium, the other trivial ah, trivia game. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, 19, Mousetrap. 18, Hungry Hungry Hippos. 17, Sorry. 16, Cards Against Humanities. <laughs> There's <laughs> card games in there. There's what a card is? game. Cards Against Humanity. Okay. 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 This is funny. 15, Yahtzee. Of course. 14, Operation. 13, Connect Four. Uh, 12, Blocus. I've never heard of it. Oh, Blocus. Blockus? I've, is that Blockus? I've, I've heard of Blockus. Oh, uh, it's Blockus. Of, <laughs> I've heard of it, but never played it. Yeah. <laughs> 11 was Twister. That's a board game. Well, I suppose. That's a very large board game. Yeah, it, it's a mat. 10, Trivial Pursuit. 9 is Jenga. Jenga. 8 is Battleship. 7 is Clue. Said that one. Mm-hmm. 6, Axis and Allies. The game that took forever. Uh, um, five. The other game that took forever. Risk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Four. Quirkle? I've heard of that Quirkle? one, yeah. Heard I've of it. Never played it. Three. Catan. Oh, of oh. course. Catan. Catan. Uh, okay. How can we not yes, remember Catan? How can we forget that? Two. Monopoly. And number one, as we said, Scrabble. I can't believe Catan. So create a whole dictionary genre. Catan and Catan and Cards Against Humanity are uh, quite modern. Yeah, and Cards newer. Cards yeah, Against Humanity. Okay. Against Humanity has a how did, large cult following. How did right. Uno not make the list? Because Uno did not make the list. <laughs> I don't know Apparently, why. I mean, Cards Against Humanity <laughs> made the list, but Uno did not. This is this is the top I, thirty. This is I, top thirty. I'm going to sit here and flail now, okay? <laughs> Just... All right, so with All that, right. we will roll credits All before right. Angela explodes and there's a big mushroom cloud. All right. I will continue my flailing later. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of the show. Yeah, Thank th- you. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, again, my name is Angela. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Pleasant Doom. Alright, my name is Pam. You can find me also on Twitter at PandaCatDragon1. You can also follow me on Instagram at PandaCatDragon. Um, my name is Edwin, and you can find me... Oh, this is so exciting now. You can find me on T-Cities Edwin on Twitter. Edwin... Um, I'm just going to say my last name because you're going to find it anyway because it's on my Facebook. And I'm also a member of the... Legend Creators um, group. So you can find me Legend there. Legend Creators on Facebook. Yep. I'm the only Edwin in that thing. So you can find me there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can see all the stuff that I do. I'm posting on Facebook now as well as as Instagram. 
and on Twitter. So we I are am very proud of him. So getting into the social media kills me. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, you can also email us at, at dungeon dungeondiners at, at gmail.com dungeondiners at gmail.com please drop us a line if you have any comments suggestions or anything like that um we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear from you i like to get emails don't be shy <laughs> yeah and if we have a letter we can read on the air then we will be happy to read it on the air when we have a chance all right. Uh, anyway, thanks again for listening. This has been Dungeons Dining and Dorks. And thanks again. Bye. Bye. Bye.